Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Fashion Files podcast with me, your host, Jelena. This week, we are on episode five, and we're going to be discussing the Louis Vuitton Museum in Paris. This is a place I visited actually just over a year ago, which is crazy. I feel like I was just there. But I felt like this could be a fun topic for us today because I do have a personal experience here, and I've been there so I can share my side, my experience, all of that good stuff. So let's get right into it. The Louis Vuitton Museum is actually a little bit outside of Paris, so I would tell people if they're visiting Paris, oh yeah, it's in Paris, but it's actually in Enciers, which if I'm pronouncing that wrong, I'm so sorry. I've been learning French by myself. I've been teaching myself for like a year and a half now, and I am far from fluent. That's all I will say on that. So the the Louis Vuitton Museum is actually made up of three parts. So One of the parts is the LV family home. This is where they all lived. And the second part is the atelier. This is where all of the trunks were made. A lot of special made-to-order pieces and designs in rare and precious leathers are actually still made here today. And then the third part is actually a gallery. So like I said before, this is where a lot of the special made-to-order pieces are made. The trunks, all of that good stuff, and all of the... Louis Vuitton family sons actually all learned the art of trunk making here. So it's a really interesting place to be if you are someone that has a great appreciation for the trunk. I personally love the trunk. I think the trunk is, I mean, it's gorgeous. It's such like, it's just such a quintessential LV piece. You see it and you know the heritage, all of that good stuff. It's something I really have a great appreciation for. So it was really interesting to see sort of how the trunk was originally created. They had some of the first original ones. And then you could also see in the gallery more so how the sort of trunk that you would think of today was created with the monogram. The first monogram was actually painted and stenciled on. So I'll try to include some photos on the Instagram at the Fashion Files podcast. And I'll try to put some on Twitter too, at the Fashion Files pod. So you guys can see. It was so interesting to see how the iconic monogram was originally created. And it's just so interesting because that's, I mean, that's heavily what Louis Vuitton is branded as now. Everyone, when you think of LV, you think of the monogram. So it was interesting to see sort of how that was birthed and really how it came to be. You don't actually get to see where the trunks are being made. You don't get to really see any of the workshop. That is one probably of my criticisms of the museum something that I would have loved to have seen was that. I'm not sure how many trunks they still make every year, how many bags and other things they're making there per year. So I'm not sure if it would be something they could do logistically, but that's definitely something that I will let you guys know you're not going to be able to see. You'll get to see the trunks and the pieces, but you don't actually get to go into the workshop and see sort of where they're making them and all of that. You can sort of like peek, but you really can't see any of like the inside of it, if that makes sense. And then, like I mentioned before, you also get to see the family home. So this is sort of the end of the tour. You'll go through in the gallery and see all of the trunks and the other amazing items. And then you go through the house. And when you're in the house, you don't get to see really the whole family home. You get to see a few rooms. So you got to see two floors and the family actually lived here until 1964, which when you're thinking about it, it's not that far off. And it's interesting to see 
all of the architectural decisions and how even there are trunks everywhere and different other like very Louis Vuitton craftsmanship items all over the house. I remember specifically there were a bunch of like plants hanging and these like gorgeous LV leathers. It was just super interesting. That's again another thing I'll make sure to post pictures of, but that's the house was really incredible to see. You got to see basically like a sitting room. You could peek into sort of like a living room, dining room area, and then on the downstairs floor, you got to see sort of like just sort of like a room that you would sort of walk through. It wasn't anything in particular that was like a room room. It was just sort of like I'm not really even sure what to call it, just something that you would walk through. And then you also got to see another dining room and then the living room, which is the main living room with all of the trunks, which I'll again post a photo of because it's really incredible to see. And the ceiling is like finely decorated and painted. It's just really, that was the room that if you look up photos of the museum, that's the room you're going to see advertised everywhere because it's just gorgeous. The gallery, I would say, is the more so museum aspect rather than the house or the workshop. So the gallery changes throughout time. The curator is Judith Clark. She does, I believe, different exhibits. I'm not sure if they're two times a year or what. I know when I was originally looking up pictures before my visit, the pictures I saw were a lot of like ready-to-wear clothing items, not heavily focused on bags or trunks. But when we went, it was heavily focused on handbags, collaborations. There was a Supreme skateboard. There was a lot of other like really specialty made trunks. I think there was one for the World Cup to hold like soccer balls. There were tons of different trunks. Um, There was one to hold makeup, all sorts of crazy stuff. So if there's something you specifically want to see that you're curious about, I would maybe see if you can get in touch with someone at the museum beforehand to ask them what's in the current gallery showing and see if there's anything that's particularly interesting to you. The exhibition also follows a little timeline of some of the landmark moments in the LV story. I mean, the LV brand has been changing for over 160 years. Obviously, there's been a lot of technological changes, so it's interesting to see sort of how the brand has changed from the original trunk to the first store opening on the Champs-Élysées in 1914. And the workshop that's part of the museum was created in 1859. And the trunk was created in 1858. So from 1858 to the original trunk being created to now, the brand has undergone a tremendous amount of change. And it's really interesting to see all of that on the timeline. And then how you think of LV today, the shows today, the different creative directors. It's really interesting to take a look back. So that's, I would say that's one of the amazing parts of the museum if you're interested in the history of the brand. Also, if you're really interested in the history of the brand, I would recommend watching Hot Limode's YouTube video on it. Luke does an amazing job. I love his videos. His videos have kept me sane throughout the pandemic. I just watch his content all the time. He has amazing videos. But he has a specific video that really goes into the history of the brand, and I will link it down below so you guys can watch if you're interested. And then getting more into my experience going to the museum, some more of my tips for going. My first tip to know before you go, if you don't speak French, just expect to be 
extremely confused and you're going to have to ask the tour guides for help. I went with my mom and when I was buying the tickets, I remember seeing that it said the tours were only in French and I thought, oh, I've been teaching myself French for a while now. I'll be fine. Like, I'll be fine. Well, (laughs) we got into the tour. It was extremely confusing, which definitely on my part, I should have practiced more French before going. But there were still a lot of the little, like the timeline that I talked about and all the other written things that you can read. All of those were in English as well as French, I believe. So you can definitely still have an exper- a good experience. You don't need to know French. I would say maybe pick up a few things. We There were two tour guides. There was one sort of leading the tour, doing all of the talking at the front, and then one at the back to make sure no one got left behind. And we actually talked to the one at the back and sort of explained that we didn't know too much French. And she actually took a lot of extra time to talk us through everything in English. She was really, she made the experience 10 times better. So I'm very grateful for her helping us. So definitely try and ask for help if you need it and definitely pay attention and be able to read. And if you have like a translate app on your phone, maybe you could do that too. And then another tip just for like getting there and how to plan time-wise. So we went last like mid-October, late October. We booked our trip like a month and a half in advance going. And then luckily I was in the time frame to get tickets. So if you're worried about planning too far in advance, don't worry about it too much. And then in terms of like time frame of the museum tour and like getting to the museum, we actually did the tour on our first day. We flew into Paris really early in the morning. We dropped our things at the hotel. I think we might have grabbed breakfast and then we immediately went. So <laughs> our hotel was in the first arrondissement and we were sort of by the Louvre and all of the, those other attractions that are like iconic Paris attractions. So it took us probably like a half hour. And I think we got to Paris on a Sunday. So traffic was not horrible. We just took an Uber. But that's definitely something to keep in mind is that it is sort of a far drive. So definitely build that into your schedule. And the actual time frame of the whole tour, I would probably say you should probably carve out like two-ish hours of time for you to just go to the museum, do the experience. If you're hoping to sort of do the experience, go through the museum museum and everything, and then stay in the area, we did not do that. It was sort of a strange area pulling up in the Uber. We didn't really see like the house or anything at all that was like, oh, like, oh my gosh, we're here. Look, so beautiful all of that. We pulled up and it was like sort of random. There was like a guard with this like tall sort of like white fence or wall and with a little door and that's where you went in and then you could see all of the house and everything but it was just sort of random. Like when you're pulling up, you're not expecting it. So just something to know if you're planning on like being like, oh, I'm going to spend the day in this area where the Louis Vuitton house is and all of this stuff. Like it may not be exactly what you were expecting. I would recommend going on like Google Maps and doing um, just like a more like just look at the area and see and see if you want to stay around there or plan to do stuff around the area or if you want to go back to more of like the city center area. 
And then just a few of the favorite things that I saw. Obviously, the trunks were incredible. There was a Supreme and Louis Vuitton skateboard. The Twisted Box bag is one of my favorites. I think I posted that on the Instagram last week. So if you're looking to see what that looks like, take a look there. And once again, just the first monogram trunks. It's incredible to see all of that and just learn more about the history of the brand. I think for me, I really love brand storytelling. That's something that always has really stuck with me and what's drawn me to certain brands. I think especially in terms of luxury brands, you're not only buying into the brand because you like the look of the items, you're also sort of buying into the story, the heritage, the high quality. All of that is what I'm really interested in. I love the story. I love the history. I just think it's important to have a really good appreciation of that. If you are into fashion, I think it just helps you get a little deeper into the brands and understand them and some of their symbols and everything like that a little bit better. And then getting more into when you can visit the museum. I know last year you could only visit the museum on specific weekends from March through April and then September through October. We went sometime in like mid to late October, but obviously that is probably all changing due to all of the new COVID restrictions and just the fact that we are living through a pandemic. So if this is somewhere that you want to put on your bucket list or just on your list for when travel becomes safe again, definitely put it on your list and make sure you do a little more research on the dates because that's something I'm not sure. I'm assuming they're closed right now. I'm assuming they've probably been closed for a fair amount of time. So that's definitely something to look further into. And then how to actually get the tickets to go. So the really nice thing about the museum was that the tickets are all free, but you do have to make reservations in advance online. And the process for getting them online was a little bit different than any other ticket buying experience I've ever had. So on the website you go to, there's actually a spot where you can see the open weekends and the time slots. And then it says what day you can actually get tickets for those certain weekends in advance. So say you're looking to go end of December, maybe your specific date, it's a Saturday, will open up to get tickets on one of the first weeks in December or late November. So once that opens up, you can get the free tickets for your time slot. We got them. I remember specifically the time that the ticket slots open was obviously not my time zone. I live in the middle of America. So I was a little nervous about like waking up in the middle of the night to get them. I set an alarm in the middle of the night to get the tickets and then I completely slept through it. So I didn't end up getting them right when it opened. I got them, I woke up at maybe like eight or nine that day, which was like probably like four or five hours after they originally went live and there were still plenty of tickets. So if you are somewhere that's a different time zone and you're worried about waking up early to get them and disrupting your sleep schedule and all of that, don't feel like you have to unless the museum really picks up, but just you can sleep and wake up and get the tickets then unless you're really dead set on waking up in the middle of the night and getting them, then go for it. And that is all for today's episode. Definitely let me know on Instagram or Twitter, wherever, um, what you thought of the podcast. 
if you like sort of me talking about like a personal experience, I also went to the YSL Museum in Paris. So that's another thing I can definitely talk about. And I'm also working on an episode. I'm not sure when this is actually going to go live, but I want to do a fashion lover's guide to Paris. So that's one that's probably going to take me a while to just get everything together. But that's definitely something to keep an eye out for if you're interested in. And yeah, that is it today. Look for pictures of the museum and everything on Instagram and Twitter at the Fashion Files Podcast on Instagram at the Fashion Files Pod on Twitter. Thank you so much, guys. Uh-huh.